So we feel like there's a lot to be learned uh, from studying the historical experience and the financial experience and the economic experience of Japan uh, over the last 20 years. And so Japan had a bit of a head start uh, on the rest of the world's large uh, developed market economies in that uh, they were earlier to experience uh, their age and aging in their population and, and kind of deterioration in their demographics. They were earlier to experience uh, essentially a large debt burden uh, at the federal level. Uh, and, and so as we look through uh, over the course of the next several years, the big economies in Western Europe and North America are undergoing uh, very similar uh, impacts uh, from demographics and from uh, essentially the working off of all the debt uh, that will be uh, a burden to, to a lot of these governments as a result of, the, of trying to recover and stimulate their economies uh, after the pandemic. And so there, we, we think if you look, look at Japan's experience, um, the Bank of Japan did have periods where they pursued very easy monetary policy but not exclusively over the last 15 years. And so if we look, for example, at periods in time where the money supply in Japan was growing quite strongly and they were experiencing uh, a negative real yield at the short end of the yield curve uh, as a result of the BOJ trying to stimulate and, and, and in, a periods, uh, in periods where they weren't in outright deflation, those actually were quite good uh, for financial asset returns uh, in Japan. And so we think, uh, you know, the Fed's policies, uh, this new average inflation targeting framework uh, is likely to keep uh, at least the United States and some of the Western European economies in that type of a stimulative environment with negative real yields and, and, and a growing monetary base, which should, should be supportive, uh, generally speaking, uh, of risky assets as we move into the final part of 2020 and early into 2021.